everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today I'm joined by my friend, Dominique Broadway, founder and CEO of Finances Demystified. How's it going today, Dominique? Hey, Jared. I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to chat with you today. Yes. And I love it. You're hailing from the beautiful city of Miami. I'm originally from DC, Maryland, but now I live in Miami. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's not often that I get someone like you're actually in the op as far away as we can possibly be from each other. I think like I'm in Hawaii, you're in uh, Miami, but like we're both from the sunshine uh, states, I guess. So I've actually never been to Miami, I mean, to Hawaii. So I gotta gotta get over there. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, just to get the ball rolling, like let's kind of start with maybe you just like your 15 second elevator pitch about what it is that you do in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. So hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Dominic Broadway. I'm an award-winning financial planner, personal finance expert, and the founder of Finances Demystified. So at Finances Demystified, we work with millennials, entrepreneurs, and creatives, helping them to understand their finances so that they can demystify them and bring all their dreams to reality. And we do this through uh, online courses, digital products, um, and also finally now that the world's back open, um, some virtual, but also in-person events as well. Oh, and also through financial technologies as, as well. That's our other newest piece yes <laughs> okay very cool so like talk to me a little bit about like maybe just the target market who's your audience i know you said creators but like that's kind of a mm-hmm. big broad term so like yeah. what does that kind of ideal customer look like for you yeah you know it's interesting so when we really just when we really started finance demystified it was making finances simple for creatives entrepreneurs you know and millennials i'm a millennial so just targeting other millennials but i'll say now you know with a lot of the courses and things we make we're we're definitely focusing on millennials, women, and you know some of the other things that we have coming on the pipeline, which will also help to empower um, you know a lot of the entrepreneurs and, and creatives as as well. So that's really like the target audience. But if we looked at the demographics of our biggest course that we have right now, which is the Wealth Transfer Investing Course, it's probably ninety percent uh, women of color. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, talk to me a little bit about like when we talk about like millennials and creatives, I don't want to be presumptuous here, but like, I, I imagine like the starving artist, you know, like there's the term starving artist. Is that kind of the the philosophy of what brought you to like speak to this audience in particular? Yeah. You know, originally it was, you know, I was instantly I'm an entrepreneur, but just not necessarily the, the, the starring artist, but understanding that a lot of these creatives, just they're creative, right? They have that side of the brain, the creative part. And they were struggling so much with the business side. So when I first started and was doing more one-on-one financial planning um, and coaching, um, you know, once I quit corporate America and doing it for high net worth individuals, I decided I wanted to help those creatives, entrepreneurs, and millennials because they're the market a lot of times that was not targeted by traditional financial planners and advisors because they are quote unquote, you know, starving or not necessarily starving, but making, you know, a lot less money than a high net worth individual. So it was really just helping that group to understand their finances better, um, to kind of be the the brain um, when it came to how they thought about their businesses and making their businesses profitable, making their businesses legit you know, making them real. There's a lot of people just, you know, running businesses, but no true structures in place. So originally when I first started, I was really doing a lot of one-on-one and helping, helping those people with those types of things. So there's not a lot less, so a lot less starving was happening. Yes. <laughs> <I would> say. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you kind of just touched on corporate America. Like, mm-hmm. I guess let's dig into like, what is your genesis? Like, where did you get started? Yeah, good question. Um, So I, I actually, how I kind of got into all this, I started teaching myself how to trade and invest when I was like 16 years old. And I, I come from, you know, a, a middle, middle income family. So we did good. You know, we weren't the wealthiest people, but I mean, you know, my family did okay. But with that being said, you know, being, you know, kind of first generation, uh, no one in my family knew anything about investing. Real estate and stuff like that, I was familiar with. But as far as like actually investing into the stock market, they had no like no clue. So I started teaching myself how to trade, how to invest at 16, and um, realized that I wanted to be a stockbroker. So I was like, there's two jobs I want in life. One is to be a stockbroker. The second is to be a real estate developer. So I'm going to start the real estate development thing in a couple of years. I need a couple more years for that. Um, but then I went on to go to Bowie State University, which is an historically Black college in Bowie, Maryland. And I majored in banking and finance. And then I got um, an internship on God's grace, got an internship at a company called UBS Financial Services. Now, I had never heard of this company at the time um, because they focused on high net worth individuals. Like I said, I didn't come from a family of high net worth individuals. They focused on people that had $1 million, $2 million, $3 million, $4 million in investable assets. Um, and so I got this internship. They loved me. I did great. They offered me a full-time position. And then I, on, I too, went on to get licensed um, and become uh, you know, a licensed financial uh, license financial planner. Um, but even while that was happening, I had bought my first house at 22 before I had graduated college. And my friends were like, hold up, like how in the world did you move from your dorm to a condo? And we all moved from our dorms back home with our parents. And I'm like, wait, you guys weren't like saving and investing while you were in college. And they're like, no, we don't know anything about any of that. And so my friends just kept coming to me, asking me for help. And I had to keep telling them, no, like you don't have enough quote unquote money to become clients of these firms. Like you need to have at least a million dollars before me to for, for me to take you on as a client. And after having to say that numerous and numerous times, I'm like, this is silly. There has to be something for people that they don't, they're, they're not low income. So they don't qualify for all this free financial you know advice that some of the nonprofits provide, but they're not high net worth individuals. They're in the middle. Like who's going to provide advice for them? And so my mentor told me, I never forget before I quit my job, I told my mentor what I wanted to do. And he's like, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never make money helping people that don't have money. And for me, it just kind of put a little extra fuel under me. Like, okay, well, I'm going to prove to you that one, I'm going to help these people. And then two, I'm going to be able to still, you know, create a, a great income for myself by doing this. And also I was like, Hey, you know, all these financial advisors are going after the top 1%. If I go after the 99%, I have much better odds. Um, and that's really what I decided to do. So that was really kind of like where I got started. And I originally, as I mentioned, was only doing one-on-one playing coaching. Um, I wasn't doing, you know, any of the courses or anything like that originally. Uh, and then from there, you know, after doing that for a couple of years, um, and there was, a, I just had a big article come out in Forbes about that kind of like starting the business, doing well originally, and then going broke because I couldn't keep, you know, I wasn't charging enough and just, you know, just living off of my savings, but still you know, providing this service um, and, you know, not being able to, to scale because it was just me. I was the, you know, I was the only person providing. And that was kind of when, you know, once I kind of got out of that hole and started rebuilding and raising prices is when I started shifting into creating the online courses. 
Amazing. So I, I, I'm going to have to imagine, uh, I don't know, but like if you're doing financial advising, like one-on-one at a, you know, for high net income individuals, it was probably decent paycheck that came along with that. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I, you know, I was in the six figures, you know what I mean? And I was in my mid twenties, um, at the time. So, and I had saved, you know, a substantial amount of my income before I quit, but it was like, once I quit about two years in, I'll say about two years in, um, I went broke. Right. So then at first I'm like, oh my gosh, my mentor is right. Like, <laughs> you know, I can't make any money helping these people. Now, mind you, all my students, all my students, all my um, my clients are like thriving, right? They're 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 paying off their debt, they're buying their first house, you know, they're they're being able to afford to put their children through college. You know, they're excuse me, starting to budget better. And so they're thriving. Everything I'm telling them to do, if they do it, they're they're doing good. But I was doing something that a lot of women tend to do, which was not charging what they were worth. So I was not charging honestly what I should have been charging. I'm like, oh no, what if they can't afford it? And blah, 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 blah. I realized people will make a way to pay for something if they really want it. Right. And I instead was trying to kind of dumb down my services and dumb down my my uh the value that I was bringing. Right. So the value was there, but I was not getting paid for the value that I was bringing. So I had to take a step back, reevaluate, increase my prices, um, and then start looking for once I was able to increase those prices to get things up to, to, to really where they should have been in the first place. And then I was able to start creating the online courses to, as I was trying at the time, I was like, I'm just trying to package, you know, kind of package my brain, package my genius so that more people can access it than just one at a time. Sure. So after you take this leap, I, first of all, I kind of want to know, like, did you simultaneously keep your job and start to pursue this? Did it start out as a side hustle? Or did you go all in? I went all in and I had to. Uh, I had to, uh, you know, honestly, Jared, because I was licensed. And so because I was a licensed financial planner, I wasn't allowed to have any, as they call OBAs, outside business activities. It was it was just, you just couldn't do it um, because of the type of licenses that I had, which made me a licensed stockbroker. And because of that, I couldn't have, like, even if I wanted to bartend on the side, I would have still had to get outside of, I would have to get food for that, wow. literally. Um, and so I didn't want to go through any red tape and I knew that I did want to, to help people with their finances. So I know they wouldn't have ever approved it. So I had to do a hard cut. I didn't have that option. Like, that's I was like, some people don't realize how lucky they are. Like they can build their thing on the side. I didn't even have that option if I wanted to, I would have had to completely switch out of that industry. You know what I mean? But I, I didn't know. So it was, it was a hard cut. (laughs) Wow. So how, I guess, like, how did you start building the audience uh, when you, I mean, I can't imagine you even like started, like probably couldn't have built an email list without hitting some type of weird red tape. Literally. Yeah. Um, So I quit and then took a couple months off just to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And then I uh, was in the car one day and I heard on the radio that um, there's this event was happening in like a week. It's called for sisters only. It's a huge event that used to happen in DC and like thousands, like tens thousand people would come. Um, they also used to do it in Atlanta and it was put on by one of like the local like radio stations and, um, all of the, um, they would have like a lot of big performers and then, you know, people be having vendors and things like that. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my company there. So I called my friend at the time and asked him to like create a web, like a landing page and a banner and some business 
business cards, whatever. And I paid a thousand dollars for this booth. And I never forget, like, this is how long ago it was. Like I had to fax in the form. Wow. <laughs> fax, in, fax in the form. So I had fax in the form and uh, I never forget. I was like so scared because I was like a big investment. You know what I mean? Like a thousand bucks. Like this is, what if this doesn't work out? Um, and so I invested a thousand dollars and that was literally how it started. So I ended up getting about 95 people that signed up for my email list on that day. So it's like my first email list people. And then, um, and then I ended, ended up making probably about a third of them like coaching clients, which was very, very impressive. Amazing conversion rates. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that boost, as I say now has paid me back millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of times over, uh, you know, thank God. Um, but yeah, that was really how, how we started. That was how, how I started building the list. And after that, I, um, started doing events. So I was like, I need to find and meet the people. Cause at the time, you know, I'm targeting creatives, entrepreneurs, millennials. I got to meet them where they are. And I'm like, so where am I throughout the week? I'm at happy hour, right? I'm at happy hour. Well, before I had kids, happy hour every day, Monday through Friday. And so I started hosting these, um, these like money kind of uh, money, happy hour events. Uh, and so I would do those like every month or every other month, you know, depending on what was going on. And then I would make them free. So I would make those events free. And then typically because they're free, I would partner with, um, I mean, I would partner with like a local restaurant. So like we did an event at the park, which is, it's called the park. And at the time it was like one of the hottest, like happy hours parts in, in DC. Um, and I would partner with all the local events, have them extend a happy hour. And then I would have like money themed cocktails. And then typically from these events, I could usually get a hundred to 200 people to register. And so even if only a few of them showed up, well, usually about if I get 200 people to register, it's typically going to be about a third that would actually show up, right? Between 25% to a third whoever registered. So still a great group would be there, but now you're on my list, right? And so I would do this to kind of start building my email list, you know, from a few hundred to a few thousand. Um, and that was how I was doing it like back then, right? Before all the ads and all the, all the stuff like that. So that's originally how I started building, building my list. I absolutely, like, I've just like almost paused for a moment because this is one of the most amazing answers I've gotten to this question. Mm -hmm. Like, I love how like just tactical and in the weeds, like going, like it's so often I hear like, I just had a Scott on Instagram and posted pictures of uh, (laughs) me at the gym. Honestly, I don't even, was Instagram around? I don't even, Instagram was around. I mean, this was probably like seven years ago. Yeah. But it wasn't the way it is now. Sure. Another thing I used to do on social media, and this is, I was like, just trying to get my name out there. I would go on Twitter and at all of the, like, just, you know, people in DC or bigger, um, like Twitter communities in the DC area, I would at them and say, Hey, you're invited to blah, 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 blah. And then have a link. And then a lot of times they would retweet that. So I would sit, usually I remember always a week before the event, I would just like sit on my phone and just start tweeting everyone and just hoping that they were retweeted or maybe reply or something of that nature. So that was another thing that that I would do. But it was, it was very manual, very manual. Still, I think that is like such a lost art these days. You know, everyone everyone wants the easy way out, but like no matter what, it's some form of hard work. So I I, I love that this was your answer. I think that's something that probably, you know, in a world where everyone is, you know, vying for your attention in some capacity, doing something that's out of the normal is bound to produce some type of results. So yeah. And I also just didn't have the resources to do that. I just didn't like, you know what I mean? So I had to work with what I 
head. And I was good at, you know, connecting with venues and convincing them to give me their space for free. I never paid for venue space, um, convincing them to give me their space for free. Um, you know, just getting the word out old school, just, Hey, tell people I'm having this event, emailing the existing list, you know, at that time, really getting on Twitter and, and, and just D not, not DMing, but, uh, you know, just sending, you know, not direct messages, but, you know, tweeting people at them. Um, and it worked, it worked. So. Amazing. So I guess at that point in time in your head, was this like, you're just scaling up a one-to-one personal financial planning? Yeah. Like, Was it even in your mind yet that you would need to solve for the scale that you would one day achieve? I knew I didn't, I, I always had a vision and I'm still in the middle of that vision. So it's still hard to, to kind of sure. vocalize, but um, I still feel like I'm almost kind of in the gen- genesis of, of that, of the bigger vision. But I would say uh, I did no, I knew because I was tired and it was good. But see, I was scaling up my one-on-one business, which was going great. But there's only eight hours in a day. <laughs> so, yep. And you know, you got to use one to eat and blah, you know, or eight hours of, of work time. And after a while, you just get drained. Um, and then that's where I got to the point where I'm like, okay, there has to be another way. There has to be another way I can help people. So that's when I originally launched um, my first course, which is a finance and mystified bootcamp, which originally was another platform. It's not on Kajabi, it was another, another platform. And um, that, I kind of slowly scaled that that course. And for people that couldn't afford to work with me one-on-one, I would just send them there, right? I wasn't really running ads. I still didn't have the resources to do any of those types of things. So that was like the first course. And it was more of a basic like budgeting, money mindset. So it was money mindset, budgeting, clean, uh, paying off your debt, cleaning up your credit, and then um, investment and retirement education. And then it came with like email coaching, right? So that was like, the first course. And that helped a lot because... I was able to just put people to that course. They could pay. They could pay monthly if they wanted ongoing coaching. And it was kind of a bit of a membership product. So it was nice and required a lot less time, but I was still seeing really good results from my students, which is what I desired. Um, So that was the first kind of course. And then, and I originally launched that course probably three years ago, four years ago, three or four years ago. And um, yeah, so now, like I said, it's about 14,000 people that have gone through that through that course. And that's a lower price point. It's like $247. But that was, you know, that did well, but over years. Um, it's within the last like two and a half years where we launched, or two years, I guess. It'll, actually, it'll be two years this August where we launched the investing course. So one of the things, as I mentioned, I started teaching myself how to trade and invest when I was 16. But I've always been really, nervous about launching a course around that topic. Because I just feel like it was a lot of just, honestly, just like really crappy people out here teaching, trading and investing. And I never wanted to be associated with them. So I never, I, I would make it a small module, but I never really like talked about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like wanted to do a course on it. And my husband, I'm at now we're, we're married, but at the time my boyfriend, you know, he was just like, man, you're so smart with this stuff. Like, why don't you teach this? And I'm like, because it was like, I don't want to be associated with like Jane the Scammer. There's some scammy people out here, you know? And she and he made a good point. He said, well, you actually do need to do this because you're one of the few, few people who, one, have the actual background. And two, like you can deliver this in a way that no one else has ever done. And you're also one of the only few people that are actually was previously a licensed financial advisor, right? And I was like, you know, 
maybe you're right. So I started creating the Wealth Transfer Investing course. He actually worked with me. We worked together to, to build this course. And my goal was just to, um, so actually before that, I just taken it back one step. I, this was like during the pandemic, I had just had my daughter. So I have a two-year-old, two and a half-year-old and a seven-month-old. So I was home during the pandemic, you know, speaking engagements were slow, things like that. You know, everyone was just kind of like chilling at home basically. Um, and I said, you know what? I started trading again. I said, let me, let me get back in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like killing it. And I was like, oh man, I still got it. I still got it. And then, um, you know, I said, well, let me, let me teach on family and friends. Like everyone's home. Let me, let me teach, you know, family and friends, see how they do. So I had about eight people and family and friends and started teaching them. They actually were doing okay. I'm like, okay. Maybe there's a thing here. So we worked together to build the course, launched my first masterclass. My goal was to get 20 people to sign up, ended up getting 66 people to sign up and at a thousand bucks a person. So that like that first launch was 66K. I was like, oh my gosh, we like, we only had built half of the course at this point. Cause I was like, what if no one signs up? I want to build the whole thing. So we go, we finish building the rest of the course and then it takes off. I originally launched it on Teachable and a month in, I'm like, this ain't, this ain't cutting it. Like I got to switch to a better platform because I could tell I needed something more robust. So in the middle of launching the second cohort, uh, we stay up and just move our entire course from Teachable to Kajabi. Wow. Like in like, you know, like 48 hours, just trying to move everything over. And honestly, like this isn't about, you know, yay, Kajabi's amazing. But honestly, it was just, it was so much better being over there. The students immediately loved it a lot better. And it just made it so much easier to run the course. We were able, once we hit Kajabi, once we moved over to Kajabi, we were able to scale our course from essentially, I would say, you know, we technically made the 66,000 on another, on another platform, but we ended up scaling from that amount to 800K in five months. And then we ended up doing 8.5 million um, last year. So now we've actually technically just crossed the $10 million mark, which is really exciting. Um, and so that was, you know, and now we've been able to help, you know, over 40, over 4,500 students so far. Um, and now we're on track to start launching some additional uh, course topics as, as well. So that, ha- that has been a bit of the journey. So like from there to where we are. And this is on a course that you weren't going to launch, correct? Yeah. <laughs> That's the crazy. I had like I fought it. Like I fought launching this course um, for so long, for so long. So yeah, and I'm just so thankful that also that my husband even believed in me. It's like no, they need this. Um, but like I just said, I just didn't want to be associated with all these like really crappy like yeah, you know what I mean. Like people are out here doing this stuff. But one of the things I've, 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 I hear all the time from our students is like they're happy. They're like we needed this. Like I've met people who are like I signed up for other things and they did not deliver. Like you know, that's another reason why our course also grew fast in the beginning was word of mouth because people were doing so well. They were telling their family, telling their friends, you know, that's one of the highest forms of flattery for me that you trust me to go help your mom. You trust me to go help your dad or your brother. That that means a lot, right? People aren't going to refer crappy people to people that they love. Um, And so that was another reason that it, it grew quickly in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that like, I even just kind of growing up in the era of seeing all of these things come into existence i like i myself like also would be like i don't i don't want to associate myself with some of these you know mm-hmm. even outside of the financial space yeah even just some of these online marketers you're like you don't yeah. want to be associated with them yeah and that's yeah. another reason i also kind of shy and i'm like uh-huh. like <laughs> 
Well, I wonder, like, I mean, this is, it's so cool that you, you took that leap. Is there anything like, was there a moment? Was there a, like, what actually pushed you over the fence, if you will? Um, you know, aside from your husband's encouragement there, mm-hmm. like, did anything shift or like, was there an aha moment that caused you to just finally take the plunge? Yeah, I would say, honestly, my, my husband was a big, a big motivator. I'm not gonna lie. So I always say like having a, either a partner, or just someone on your side that can believe in you was sometimes you may not even believe in yourself. That was big for me. I would say outside of that was when I first launched the court. Well, before, actually, I would say before launching, I kept getting a couple different just like signs that felt like this is what I was supposed to do. One was after seeing how well some of my family and friends did. That that was it for me. And like I said, I did a beta group in a way, right? With just family and friends. I'm like, the hardest people to teach are your family and friends. Cause you know, they, sometimes they don't take you seriously. Your mom's not listening, blah, 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 whatever. Um, because you're still a baby and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, if I can teach these people with so much resistance, I may be onto something. So I would say that's another thing, like test it out in a small group. Cause the, technically when I tested it out, I didn't invest any money. There was no landing pages. There was nothing like that. So that beta group cost me nothing, but a little bit of time. But for me, it validated my product before the product even launched. So that for me was big. It was like, this was a really, this was a really inexpensive, uh, you know, uh, R and D, right. <laughs> really inexpensive research and development on my part. So that, that, that was, uh, that was good. And I also will obviously say to another thing that did help was even finding Kajabi as a platform. Cause I was on the other site and you know, on, which was teachable, not knocking them at all. Cause they're great as well. But to me, it just, it just didn't do a lot of the things that we needed it to do. Um, and so as we were looking to grow, cause honestly, I was going to launch one cohort and that was going to be it. But then people were like, when's your next cohort? When's your next cohort? cohort? Um, I was like, we need a platform that can handle the quizzes better, create a better flow. And that's when I, it just, I was like, okay, I'm ready to double down and really go all in with this. Cause at first it was just like, I'm going to do it one time and see what happens, see what, see what happens. But it was honestly having a good platform really, truly helps um, as well. So I would say all those things, you know, combined. I love that. And so like, I guess just to kind of give someone like a little bit of perspective, like you've been very transparent with financials, like prior to launching this course, like where would you say you are at, like in terms of the maturity of your business? Yeah, good question. So I, before I launched the course, my business was probably about five years old. And I would say, you know, even revenue wise, most years I would do about a quarter million a year, you know, which was good, which is very, very good. I mean, at the time I was single, no kids, like, you know, very good. Um, Other than like in those years when I had the downtime for me financially. But once I got out of that, you know, I was, I was doing pretty well. So that's even like when that course launched, that was also more of a down year for the business because of the the pandemic. Um, and I had just had a baby as well. So without that course, I probably would have, I would have, I'm going to definitely clear the 250, probably would have did like 300. Um, but then adding the course obviously took it, took it, took it over. So like even that 800 K that we did from the course sales didn't include like some of the other services that I I've been doing the early part of the year. Yeah, I mean, well, that's like that's a three hundred percent increase over you know, over three hundred percent. My accountant said they've never seen a jump like that. 
before. Uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> and our profit margins are really good too. And that's the other part, you know, you know, even, you know, of the, the, the 8.5 that we did in that year, um, it was maybe 1.8 on, on ads, right? So we did start revving up our ads. So that's, that's pretty substantial when they said the average person is spending 50 to 60%. So all those numbers, like, and even knowing your numbers is like really important, especially as you're starting to scale, because creation is one thing. Scaling is a whole nother game, a whole nother party. Amazing. That's a, I guess like a, that journey to going from financial planner to you're now like effectively a financial like influencer. I don't know if you, yes. what, what do you, what do you describe yourself <laughs> as? I shouldn't, I don't want to prescribe that. Yeah, no, I am. I am. So that, that's another thing, like the brand deals, you know, we've, I've been doing those over the years. And um, so basically definitely considered a financial influencer, um, which is, which is exciting, but you know, the day I'm still like, I'm a CEO. I have a, a thriving, you know, business. I have, uh, I think 10 full-time employees and then another 15 contractors we're working with. So there's 25 businesses or people that I have to pay every single month. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a CEO that just happens to be a financial influencer, a wife, a mom. Uh, I have a lot of jobs here. <laughs> Angel <laughs> investor, you know what I mean? So definitely uh, very, very busy. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you kind of said it all there, but like, I mean, just going back to where you started, like what in your life has changed as a result of you taking this journey? Uh, where would you have been otherwise? Like, mm, Good question. Um, I guess just the entrepreneurial journey in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking, talking about this with someone recently. I think if I had no entrepreneurial bug, I don't even know what life would be like without it. Because I've always been an entrepreneur. Like I started my first business when I was five. So I would have ended up here either way. But if some reason I didn't have the entrepreneurial bug, I probably would um, be still working at, at, uh, at, at, a, at an investment firm. You know, I probably hopefully would be managing director or some high level um, by now and in managing, you know, billions of dollars. That's what I, that's what I envision. Anything I, I know that I just feel like anything I do like, I'm going to do it at its most optimal or highest level. Uh, so even if I ended up still being, you know, an employee, which nothing is wrong with that, I would have been at the top of my league in that own respective space. Yeah. Which might've probably been a little bit easier, definitely a lot easier than, <laughs> than the route that I took. Uh, even though I think my route paid off a lot more, but uh, they probably would have been a little bit easier because there's more structures. You're just kind of going along the assembly line of, of promotion uh, versus me having to create the product, sell the product, you know, and, and that's the thing too. When I first started, when I first started the business, I had no team. Uh, and even when I started launched this, this course the year before last um, through Kajabi at that time, it was just me. My husband was helping me out as needed. Um, my, my Julie, one of our, one of my first employees who did graphic design. And then, uh, you know, a few months in, uh, five months later, I, um, you know, brought on a, a Facebook ads person, but I, uh, created the course, you know, my husband and I created the course. Um, I delivered the course, taught the live classes, did all the videos on my own, um, did customer support 24 hours a day, uh, ran the marketing, did the master classes every week. Um, so 
I tell everyone on my team now, every single role that you guys are doing, I have done it from the graphic design to the editing of the videos to the getting on and selling the class. And then as soon as I'm done selling, I'm back in customer support, you know, managing the community. I've done every single role. Um, and so it also makes it easier now to find people, I think, because I'm like, okay, I know what this role entails. I'm not the CEO that's just hiring people and has never cleaned the toilet. You know what I mean? So it's been an interesting, interesting journey, but I, I know I, I, entrepreneurship has always been my, my, uh, my path. Yeah. I mean, I think what our, our listeners would love to know is just like, like as a, as a someone who is kind of, I mean, you never, you never reached the finish line. We know that, but like, you know, for all intents and purposes, you've achieved something really incredible and amazing. Like, like what, what was that for you? Was it freedom? Was it security of finances? Like what mm-hmm. was kind of that outcome that drove you to this place? Um, believe it or not, I would say originally it's, I would say a couple things. One is honestly the, the desire to help people. Like, honestly, and I know that's like a cheesy answer, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, I got to help people be more financially confident. Um, especially people of color. It's like, a lot of times we're the first in our, in our, in our families, the first in our generation, or first in our families, first, just first everything. First to go to college, first to uh, graduate college, first to have a corporate job, first to, to uh, you know, make six figures. And then what I was seeing more and more, especially people who ended up sometimes with these different tech companies and stuff like that, they have no clue. Like they're just like, okay, I did everything my parents told me to do. And now they don't know how to guide me any further. I'm making six figures. I have stock options. What are stock options? Do I do anything with them? Do I have an option to do? Like literally no clue. And I'm like, okay, this is great that you've gotten this far, but if you don't have the knowledge, you're only in there, right? Or you'll just be standing in place, you know, kind of spinning your wheels. And so I, um, that was my initial thing, just really wanting to help people. And I feel like when you set that mission, the money will come, right? I always wanted, not necessarily definitely financial freedom, but um, just more control and freedom over my life. And I didn't want to feel like I had to go sit in an office every single day from nine to five and I get one week off a year. Like it just wasn't for me. Now, obviously there's some days and nights where I'm sitting in my office, right? But it's it's because I choose to. Um, but that was, those are probably the two driving forces. Me just wanting to desire my ideal lifestyle, which early on I realized was not the traditional nine to five one. And then also just, just wanting to help people honestly yeah and maybe even just a hint of that chip on your shoulder from your mentor telling you you couldn't yeah, too. <laughs> that part too right that's always it. Anytime somebody tells you, I can't do something, I'm like, okay, why did you tell me that? Yes. You know, now I got to go do it. Dang on it. <laughs> for sure. Well, I'd love to like, just take a moment to um, like, for anyone who's listening, like maybe like there are just like a few tips or maybe you have a top three. I'm sure you've done this a million <laughs> times, like just strictly from like your, your, either your course on investing or finances in general, like what are like just a few things that you would digest and send out for any of our listeners who are interested in the topic? Yeah. Um, well, I guess, I guess like kind of business more business wise or you pick your, you pick your, uh, what, what you feel like uh, is digestible. This, this, this is a Kajabi podcast. Most people listening, they're probably considering using the product or just starting something. Yeah. I would say the best advice I can give, and this is, it's probably when you've heard a million times, but start now. 
like start now. One of the things that I do regret is that I didn't start sooner, that I didn't launch this thing sooner. Um, and people say, when should I start? Start now and work with what you already have. I expressed to you, you know, numerous times throughout, throughout this interview, I didn't have a lot. So I got creative, right? I didn't have money to run ads. I didn't have a bunch of money for marketing. So I had to use my resources and, 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 and figure out how to get in front of my people. And so a lot of times you see people, you're launching these courses and like, you know, once they grow, they're like, yes, then there's some ads and da, 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 da. But as you mentioned earlier, getting, you know, there is a lot of noise. So think about things that you can do that are going to be different, you know, or unique to get you in front of your target audience. That's, that's the other piece I would say, but I would say, you know, anyone that's like, should I do this? Like just, just start now, use your resources, get, get scrappy. Everything does not have to be perfect to be presented. Um, but just get it out. Just, just get it out. The world needs it. Um, and you'll thank yourself and more importantly, everyone else will thank you later for doing that. You would be so surprised how many people tell me almost every day, thank you for creating this course. That's insane to me because for years I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to be a disservice to people. Instead, I'm getting constant thank yous. So with that being said, you know, your thank yous are waiting as well. So go ahead and just take that leap because they need it. Yes. I I mean, I, I don't think that there is a world that exists where you would ever regret regret starting something because if yeah. nothing else, like you're going to find out if you need to pivot, like at very least. Yeah, very true. Well, for anyone who's just interested in learning more about, maybe they want to check into one of your courses uh, or I guess be a part of anything that you have that you're, or any launches, I guess, upcoming in the near future that you want to talk about. Yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of exciting things coming and some of them I actually can't even talk about yet. We just know that I have tons of new content coming, some in-person events. We're actually doing a really exciting in-person event May 21st in DC. So if anyone is in the Washington DC area, that's my hometown. Uh, we're doing one of our social social, social series brunches. Um, and then we're planning up for an even larger event uh, that's going to take place in June. So just go to financesdemystified.com. That's our website. Or just follow me on IG, Dominique Broadway, and we'll post all those announcements there. Yes. And we'll have that information in our show notes for you all as well. Um, well, thank you once again, Dominique, for taking some time out of your day to share with our listeners um, such an incredible story. Again, like probably the best answer I've ever heard when it comes to audience <laughs> building. Like I just Thank loved, you. I loved how on the ground that is. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we have for everyone this time. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you again, Jared, for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. And we will see everyone next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.